This is Parent Q Live, brought to you by the team at Parent Q. Hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of Parent Q Live. Carlos Enrique with the Guzman and Cabello, back with you with my co host. Kristen Ivy, and this is not just any episode of Parent Q Live. This is not just any episode of Parent Q Live. What is this episode? This is the first of a three-part series. Well, who are we? We haven't done a series before. We have not done a series before. We are we're breaking in the series now. Three but this parts. is a really big topic, Carlos. And as we started to approach this topic, we just realized there was so much that we needed to talk about that we needed to cover for parents because as parents, one of the biggest things that kind of maybe we think about, we worry about, we wrestle with is how are we raising kids to be responsible with technology? Yeah, yeah I mean, for most of us, when we were kids, our parents didn't really have to navigate a digital world the same no. way that we are. No, they had to navigate the Commodore 64, the Atari 2600, <laughs> and make sure I wasn't playing Pitfall too long. <laughs> that that was what they were navigating, but not anymore, Duck huh? Hunt, any... Duck Hunt, yeah. yeah. Well, well so you're a little <laughs> no. younger than me, so... Okay. so <laughs> That just goes to show the duck hunt. Yeah, absolutely. Mario Brothers. Yeah, Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah. It's just different. It's different <laughs> now, right? Like right? that was on our TVs and we had to sit down and now it just, it's in our kids' hands 24-7. That's right. And so this was such a huge topic. We needed to break it up into three parts. So if we don't cover everything in this episode, just make sure you tune in for the next couple of weeks so that you can hear where we're going with this series. Yeah, absolutely. Today specifically, for the first part of the series, the topic is coaching healthy online engagement. What what does it mean to do that? How can we help our kids be healthy with their engagement online? So this is what we've done. We have decided to set this up with our good friend, Kara Powell. Kara is the executive director of Fuller Youth Institute and also associate professor of youth and family ministry. She's the co-author of the new book, Navigating Our Digital World. It just released last month. We'll have a link to that in our show notes. So we decided to talk to Kara specifically, and she's going to answer this question. Why does this conversation matter? Here's what she had to say. I'm not a melodramatic person, I'm a researcher, but when you ask what's at stake, I mean, honestly, the first word that comes to my mind is kind of everything. Um, you know, I'm a mom of three, our kids are 18, 16, and 12, and I see how much of their life is influenced by technology. Part of what I love about being a faculty member at Fuller is I get to learn so much from my other faculty members. And one of the things that I've learned from my psychology and theology faculty members is that young people are wrestling with three big questions. The first is a question of identity, who am I? The second is a question of belonging, where do I fit? Mm. And the third question is a question of purpose or what difference do I make? Carlos, you and I, we're also wrestling with those questions, even though yes. we're a little bit older than teenagers <laughs> right, and children. Right. Um, but for you and I, those questions are kind of at a low simmer. And for our kids, they're at a rolling boil. And yeah. the reality is that technology intersects and affects every one of those questions. Wow. Technology is now part of how young people are defining their identity. Yes. It's part of how young people are getting a sense of belonging. And it's part of how young people are finding their sense of purpose also. So, you know, I would say it's never too early to start having conversations with our kids about technological responsibility. And similarly, it's never too late. 
maybe, you know, you need to have baby steps of conversation if your kid is 13 and has already been hip deep in technology. So you yeah. might need to start a little bit slow. So, you know, I think there often is an advantage to starting early, but if you're starting late, don't throw up your hands in desperation and say, there's nothing I can do. You can have those meaningful conversations with your kids. You can create some boundaries that help your families win and help your kids win. Such great words from our friend Kara Powell. And Kara is not the only person we're going to be talking to today, which is why we've divided this thing into three episodes. We have so many great people that are going to be discussing this with us. Christina, can you tell me who are we going to be speaking to today? So because we know this is such an important topic, we wanted to bring in a few people to talk to us specifically about navigating our online engagement. And we had an opportunity to sit down with Jelani Memory. Now, Jelani is an entrepreneur, co-founder, and chief creative officer of Circle by Disney. Some of you may have seen Circle by Disney. It's just an incredible resource. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later. But Jelani is such a fascinating person. I mean, I so enjoyed my conversation with Jelani because as soon as we started talking, you just get this impression that he has done a little bit of everything. (laughs) That's awesome. Honestly, he has a background in film, photography, consulting and business development, fine art illustration, sports, leadership. He's two credits shy of a theology degree. (laughs) I love that he says that. I mean, this guy is amazing. Look, can we just for a second just appreciate his name? There's just something about his name. You want to be friends with a guy named Jelani Memory. Right. I mean, you just You just just do. do. What he says about himself is that his mission is to create meaningful products and make them connect with those who use them. Now, again, Jelani went into this project of creating Circle by Disney as the father of six kids who just wanted to help parents be able to coach their kids to have healthy online engagement. So check out this conversation with Jelani. I like to describe parenting as like my superpower. I love being a dad. Being a dad is awesome. Uh, Every bit of it. And I was fortunate enough at a very young age to start to learn what fatherhood looked like personally with my siblings' kids. And now I have, I think, something around nine uh, nieces and nephews, all the way from five to 19. And I got to learn what it was like to be an influence in a young person's life. And building those muscles over time, I just realized I love doing that. It's such a joy. So now with six kids all the way from a seven-week-old to a 14-year-old, I love it. That doesn't mean it's not really hard. (laughs) It doesn't mean it's not really taxing and exhausting, but God, what better place to put your energy and effort and attention and work because you literally get to shape a life. You get to sort of set them on your shoulders and truly give them something better than you had and set them off in the right course. I mean, I just, it's fantastic. So part of your parenting journey obviously led you into this world of navigating technology. So if we're talking just a little bit about that, what was it in your life that triggered your interest in helping families navigate online engagement? So there was a really crystal clear moment, and it was when my daughter Ella was three years old, and I had just gotten an iPhone, and I'd had it for a little bit, and she was able to grab it, unlock it, right, swipe to unlock, and like find an app. And it just blew my mind. I thought, she's like barely stringing words together, and she's accessing the computing power of this little computer in my pocket, right? From then on, I just realized like the game is different. It's changed. Technology looks different now for kids than it ever has in the history of mankind. And there needed to be some way that I could give my kids and hopefully other families 
for their kids a way to get the most out of the technology without getting the worst out of it. Because it wasn't an option for me to not let my daughter have access to these devices. It was what's the right kind of access to these things. And so that really set me off on my journey. How does access to information even maybe speed up our kids' childhood or give us an opportunity maybe as parents to allow our kids to know things or experience things or become more aware of things at an earlier age than we did when we were growing up? Well, there's two effects. This will sound a little counterintuitive, but I actually think it both speeds up childhood and delays it, it sort of extends it. So studies that are being done now, kids are developed being sort of developmentally slower now in terms of their social skills, uh, their conversational skills. So where a third grader could look you in the eye, have a conversation with you, shake your hand, that sort of stuff, that's pushing more into fifth, sixth, seventh grade because kids are required to sort of socially interact less because they have a thing in front of their face that they can sort of interact with or interact through socially. So they're developing socially sort of less or slower. Now, where they're developing faster is sort of being confronted again with the world's information with content that's designed for adults. Um, So platforms like Instagram or Pinterest or Facebook, those are fundamentally platforms that are designed for adults that kids use. And when kids are using those things, it sort of advances them and pushes them into an adult world, I think, before they're ready. And that's not to say they can't be prepared for that. Those services are not designed for a kid who's 10, 11, 12, not really. How did you go about creating Circle? Well, first and foremost, it wasn't pursued as a business opportunity in as much as something we knew needed to exist in the world, if only for our kids. Because once you could put the internet and the computer in a kid's pocket, the world just fundamentally shifted. It changed, right? Uh, and we knew that to parent in that sort of in that new world meant new tools for parents. So we get together, we sit around a kitchen island and just bat around ideas for months. And we end up finding our third co-founder, a guy named Taibing Zhang, who's just a technology genius. He was literally programming satellites when we met him. Extremely experienced guy with both hardware and software. And we decide, hey, if this is going to be a real thing, we need to start a company and we need to set about building a thing that we as parents, as dads, would actually use. And it needs to be able to work for any kind of parent, whether you're tech savvy, whether you're not tech savvy, whether you have Apple devices or Android devices, whether you just have desktop computers at home, no matter what, it needs to work across all the devices. It needs to be really simple to use. It needs to have sort of enough features to actually work for a family. And that's what really sort of set us off on that journey. And it was a long journey of raising cash, developing, running out of cash, developing some more, making some partnerships. And that led to us launching in 2015 into the market with our first product circle with Disney in partnership with the Walt Disney Company. As you were creating this, what were some common concerns that you found that parents had related to devices and technology in their home? First and foremost, it was that they were going to have devices in their house no matter what. Sort of not having devices in their home wasn't an option because their lives were connected and they were becoming more connected and they felt underwater, right? Uh, They were arguing with their kids all the time. They were, you know, going back and forth about bedtime and getting off devices early. They were worried about what content their kid might interact with on the iPad, the laptop, the smartphone, the smart TV, you name it, right? 
And really, just at a, a higher level perspective, parents wanted to have peace of mind that they could have technology in their home and not feel constantly anxious about it, constantly worried, constantly sort of like second guessing whether their kid was interacting in a healthy way or not. What needs do you see families having when it comes to navigating their time online? What are some of the things that you think are common, just basic level needs? I think that the basic level needs are sort of the ability to restrict to a certain amount of time for certain kinds of content, right? Only a certain amount of time watching videos, only a certain amount of time on social media, understanding that an overconsumption of those things is probably not healthy or at least not beneficial. And then additionally is being able to restrict the kinds of content that their kids are able to see. And that goes from, you know, the kid who's five years old who should be restricted sort of into a very narrow zone, right, based on what the parent wants, to the 16, 17-year-old who maybe has a wider swath of content, but you also want to keep away from other stuff. And I've seen adults manage themselves as far as time and content goes, because we all have these devices in our lives and we all want to have the right relationship with them and it's about having the right tools to be able to do that. I see those are pretty typical, pretty common. And then it's just as simple as like kids need to go to bed. In fact, adults need to go to bed, right? So being able to set a bedtime on those devices so that when it's time to go to sleep, you actually go to sleep and you're not checking your email or get lost in an hour long scrolling through Facebook and go, gosh, where did the time go? I mean, if that's hard for adults, gosh, imagine how hard that is for a 13 year old to turn that off. If you could create anything imaginable to help families navigate their time online now, What else would you add? Are there any new features that you would dream about? Sure. We spend a lot of time sort of envisioning not just what the future needs would be, but now that we've really sort of captured a a space in the market is, you know, what can we build to serve customers, you know, in the future? And we have a lot of really interesting ideas. Some of the things I can talk about are really around the idea of not just, you know, setting limits and restrictions or sort of these walled gardens around where kids can spend time or how much time they can spend, but around ideas of privacy, of digital literacy, of incentivization and gamification. So for us, we look at it in how can we encourage kids to spend more time on educational content and the right amount of time on entertainment? How can we encourage kids to learn about privacy and how they can protect themselves online? And then additionally, how do we teach them that, you know, the web isn't just made up of Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, right? There are (laughs) millions of sites. And what's interesting is we have this phrase that we use about kids. We call them digital natives. And it's actually really a misnomer. Kids spend more of their time on a small selection of platforms, but actually parents tend to be more digitally literate across the entire web than kids are. Kids are very familiar with a small sort of select few platforms. And so for us, we go, how do we direct, guide, surface other interesting places on the web that kids might not know about that might be enriching or really beneficial or helpful and encourage them to create, to make, to explore, Really, the the internet can be more than just posting photos and liking things and looking up recipes on Pinterest. Like it really can. And that's what really gets us excited. And that's what really gets our customers excited about sort of what the future of what we can offer, because that's really what they want for their kids too. In all of this process, what was your biggest takeaway as a dad? Are there things you learned about 
navigating technology through this whole process of creating circle that you wish you could have maybe leaned in and told yourself um, <laughs> back when you were starting out or as an earlier in your parenting? This will sound really counterintuitive. I have learned so much through this process of building this company, of developing this product, of delivering it to market. And all of the things I've, I've learned, I wouldn't go back and tell myself. Because if I had known, gosh, if I had been able to see all the craziness, all the hard parts, all mm. the, the ups and downs, I might have said no. But it was all mission. It was all desire. It was all sort of passion to see this for my kids without knowing what lay ahead of me. So every new obstacle, you know, we'd run into every 10 steps was new. And we would run into it and go, well, surely this is the last obstacle we're running into after this. <laughs> I appreciate so much the journey that I wouldn't want to deprive myself of that discovery. And so we're not finished yet. You know, like I, I want to maintain naivete to go, you know, the next five years, I don't know what's coming, but gosh, I see the North Star, the family sort of connected in the way that they want to be connected, where kids get a really sort of great, healthy relationship with technology, where parents are happy, where they're happy, and it's all awesome. And I'm sure I could imagine what all the roadblocks between, you know, now and then are, but I want to discover those when I run right into those and then, you know, sort of problem solve it and move on to the next one. So it's almost, I wouldn't go back and change anything. Because genuinely, if we had known what we know now, we would have just thrown up all the red flags and go, don't go this way. It's really hard. <laughs> I mean, choosing to do hardware, everybody told us not to do hardware. We didn't know any better. We're like, we'll just do hardware. What, what can be so hard about delivering a device to hundreds of thousands of parents? You know, that kind of be too hard. It's really hard. <laughs> um, but we figured it out, right? And I'm all the more happy for it. One, because it gives us a tremendous competitive advantage. And two, that it offers more value to families. So we didn't sort of take the shortest, easiest path. But on another side note, I'd say my biggest takeaway from this journey so far is that parents are still the parents. That what we build are just tools for parents to use. That it's their job to love, to guide, to pour into their kids. And we can only come alongside them to help them do the thing that they already want to do. We can't magically make them a better parent we can just help them be a better parent and in terms of offering them a good tool to do the thing that they want to do. So good. Thank you, Delani, for that. We're going to continue on in another conversation with another friend of ours. His name is Matt McKee. He's another entrepreneur. He's been part of many, many startup businesses. He is the father of two boys, 14 and 12. So he's right here in the thick of this technology space with his kids. He's been speaking about tech and leadership for a long time. And uh, he just has very valuable, valuable things to say about just what it looks like to be healthy online. Here we go. So Matt, you've been speaking to community leaders and executives and parents about navigating an online world for what, like 15 years? Yeah, it all started off, you know, on websites and then, you know, it transitioned to social media and now it's talking just about technology in general and, and the future of technology even uh, when looking at augmented reality and looking at AI and all the different aspects that just trying to keep up with tech and keep up with innovation. And then how do you leverage that for good? What do you feel like are some common mistakes that you see parents make when it comes particularly to this world of technology? One of the things I like to tell parents is don't limit the speed. Don't limit the connection speed. Don't limit the ability for your kids to create. 
Because the only thing that I've seen that will really stop consumption when it comes to technology, because that's one of the big fears. I see my kid, they're always on the device. So how do I get them off of the device? And that's a consumption issue. Because of that, I say, hey, let your kids create. Our oldest son, he came to us and he was like, hey, is there any way I could get one of those little light boxes so I could create some beats? And could I get a microphone? And could I get some speakers? And I was like, look, this is gonna turn out to be just like any other toy that we could give him. And then all of a sudden, four months later, he literally walks out of his bedroom and he's got eight songs that he's done. And I'm like, okay, who is that? He's like, dad, it's me. And I was like, whoa, whoa, so you mean the times that we were letting you go upstairs to be on technology, you were creating, you weren't consuming. And because of that, I think that's just one of those principles that I think parents, if they could understand, asking the question to your kid, if you could create anything in the world, what would you create? And letting them use technology to do so, that will actually stop the consumption side of things. What do you feel like are some of the smart things that you've watched other parents try in this area? I mean, besides youth digital and being a creative of Minecraft, what else do you see parents doing that really um, helps move their kids to have this kind of view? The number one thing that parents can do is look at technology and say, okay, I too am addicted. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's a modeling thing. And so when parents step up and they say, hey, I'm not gonna have my phone at the dinner table. I'm not going to take this phone call when I'm talking to my kids about a subject or because I'm helping. Putting the relationship with your child over your relationship with your technology. Yep. And we all have a relationship with tech. So seeing parents and going, hey, my relationship here is much more important than what anything, you know, that happens. So you've been, like we said, in this field for some time while you were parenting and speaking about technology. What did this look like in your house when you were bringing home what you were finding at work and your kids were maybe in the preschool phases? Uh, what were some principles that you tried to apply in the home? So I've stood in line for, well, I stood in line for the very first iPhone. Back in 2007, when it first came out, I was rocking a Microsoft actual smartphone. Like it was doing more, the Windows 3.1 was doing more technology-wise than the iPhone. And I still stood in line for the very first iPhone. And when I had it, like, you know, this was, uh, my kids were little. And I brought it home and I went, okay, let's see what they do with it. And that's always been my question. So anything that I was learning at work, I'd bring home and go, okay, how do they see it? Because as a parent, that's what you always want. You want to understand the way that your kids are seeing things. So with tech, again, that's really at the end of the day, what you want, you want to see through their eyes. And that's how you're going to be able to help mold and create and shape them and their heart and their, even their view of God and all their different things. So over the years, it's, Hey, I wasn't scared to give my kids whatever the latest technology was or is, but I go, I just need to know how you're seeing this. What are the questions? Can you teach me how you see this? Hmm. Can you teach me how you're using this? And if I can get to those questions, it wouldn't matter if they're in preschool. It doesn't matter if they're in high school. It's giving me their eyes. It's giving me their ears. Their perspective to me was always number one. And what were some things that you tried to implement maybe when your kids were in elementary school? Like go back to third grade, fourth grade seasons. What were some things that you feel like were important in your own home at that stage of life? 
So back then, you know, if you look at technology, there's a term called a walled garden. And a walled garden means that you really can't leave. And Facebook is a prime example of that. They want everything to stay within their platform. And in elementary school, that's kind of as a parent, what we were trying to do was build the fence around the playground. And we would then decide what objects went into the playground technology wise. So you get this device for this amount of time with this content. It's very much very safe. The fences are up the pieces of equipment we've picked. It's a little bit more than preschool, meaning you're going to get connected to the internet. You're not just going to be able to play a game that's only on that device. So in preschool, that's really what was happening. You get a, a game that's only on that device. Elementary school, you now get to be connected on the internet. And then once you know they're moving to middle school, it's now what are the kids that are also playing on the playground? Mm -hmm. And because of that, now you're having to monitor and look at all the different content that are coming in because you can't stop a kid. You don't know when the kid's going to go, well, I'm now upset at you and now I'm going to see what happens. As you forecast a little bit in there's danger here because you can never anticipate what you can't anticipate. But in the high school years, what do you think are going to be some of the things that you want to think more about in your home? Anytime that you give a kid a connected device, and you don't give them limits, and you don't filter any content, and you don't say, hey, how do you see this device? You are basically giving them the most destructive device in the world for them because of their curiosity, because of who they are. So even in high school, the goal is trust. The goal is, hey, by the time you leave our house, not only do you want to come back to our house, but you've learned to use technology in a very responsible Mm -hmm. and your relationship with technology is a healthy relationship with tech. So that when you leave, you may even want to have your own accountability partner that will be able to say, hey, how you doing? I see you're struggling around maybe this content or maybe the use of it or whatever that looks like, because those are the types of things that they're gonna go down. So over the next four years, I'm hoping to build a lot of trust with my boys and hopefully that they would see this as not a problem just between parents and kids, but this is a problem that they personally need to deal with and even have accountability around. Such great conversations with Jelani Memory and Matt McKee. <laughs> That's so good. Guys, when was the last time that I actually wrapped coming out of an interview? That's never happened before. It may never happen again, but it did happen on this episode. What I loved about that conversation with Jelani, here's the cue that we want. This is it, okay? This is kind of where we've been left here. We would love for you guys this week to have a direct conversation with your kids about technology and their online engagement. Remember, this isn't supposed to be a conversation where we're kind of talking down to them, but we we would love for them to be involved in the conversation with us. So wait, you're saying the conversation doesn't count if it's just get off your iPad, get off it now. Yeah, no, that's not a conversation. That's a speech. (laughs) We want a conversation. Ask them how they even feel about it. You know, Like, like, like what would they like to see change? Because I've noticed even with my kids that they know when they need to change some of their habits with technology. So have that conversation this week. And listen, we want to help you even more with that conversation, we're going to give you guys a phase conversation guide, a way that we can help them. Tell them a little bit about that, Kristen. 
Yeah, so through the FACE project, we put together a conversation guide on how to talk to your kids about technology and their online engagement starting birth, which may sound a little bit overwhelming to you right now. But what are the kind of conversations that you need to have or what are the behaviors you need to be thinking about in your home? Birth through the age of 18. Yeah. So you can go over to the show notes for this episode on theparentq.org forward slash episode 92. Yeah. When you go to those show notes, you'll get a link to download those conversation guides for free so that it'll help you start that conversation in your home this week so you can accomplish the cue for this episode. Yes, yes, do that. But not only are you going to be able to do that, we love giving away the swag on Parent Q Live. And Christina, we've got more swag to give away. Let our listeners know what we're flinging their direction. I was so excited about this giveaway, Carlos. We're giving away the same thing three times because it's such a great giveaway. We couldn't give it away to just one of you. That's right. We really want to give this away to every single person who's listening right now, but we couldn't do that. So we're giving away this thing three times. And here's what it is. What is it? A free Circle by Disney Hey. for your home so that you can kind of install this and help kind of monitor your kids' online oh, engagement, so your online engagement. And along with Circle by Disney, we also are going to include two books, Parent Chat by Matt McKee and Navigating Our Digital World by Kara Powell and Brad Griffin. So, so good. Thanks for giving that away three times. I think that's going to be very valuable to us. Listen, guys, I know there was so, so much when we're getting into technology. It is. Sometimes it can feel very overwhelming. Take it a piece at a time. You know, head over to this episode's page. Remember, it's going to be theparentq.org forward slash episode 92. And when you guys go there, again, you'll have links to all the giveaways, all the things, the phase conversation guides, all of it. Remember, this is super important. This is the first of a tres three-part series on navigating technology. So make sure you're subscribed so that you don't have to think twice about it. It'll just pop up in your podcast app next week when we continue with part two of the technology episodes on Parent Q Live.